Support for today's Heat Treat Radio episode is provided by the biggest Heat Treat trade show this year, Furnaces North America 2022. Reserve your spot at www.furnacesnorthamerica.com. And welcome to Heat Treat Radio. Whether you're listening to us or tuning in via video on heattreattoday.com forward slash radio, we're glad to have you. Today's episode revolves around gun parts. How are they heat treated? How many gun component manufacturers are there in the U.S.? Doug Glenn, publisher of Heat Treat Today and host of this podcast, will be grilling Stephen or Steve Kowalski on this subject. Along the way, Steve will share his insights into the heat treat industry from the perspective as president of Kowalski Heat Treating, particularly how to cultivate expertise among employees. Let's jump in. Well, welcome to another episode of Heat Treat Radio. I have the immense pleasure of being able to sit down today with Steve Kowalski of Kowalski Heat Treating. Steve, you know, it's uh, it's it's nice to finally sit down with you. It's it's uh, we we we've been talking for quite some time about doing this. So first off, welcome to Heat Treat Radio. Well, good morning, Glenn. Thank you very much for having me today. You are very very welcome. Now we have to start. I told you before we hit the record button. Over your left shoulder, there's an interesting ball. You need to tell oh, us about that real right. quick. Can you see it? Yes, we can see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This. <sighs> For you viewing folks at home, this is a rubber band ball. For perspective, how's that? Yes. yes. Uh, 22 plus years in the making. Yeah. For those of you who are on the audio only version, it's about the size of a basketball. And Steve was telling us that the, you guys have been only the stuff that comes in the U.S. mail. You take US a rubber, rubber band ball. Yep. So that's very impressive. It, it's my nothing. Thing. Absolutely nothing to do with heat treating, but I did want to say that it's pretty interesting. So anyhow, Steve, we're going to talk a little bit today about uh, the heat treatment of uh, guns, ammo, that type of stuff. Uh, so wanted to, uh, that, that's just to whet the appetite of those who are listening and watching. That's what we're going to be talking about a bit. Uh, your, your organization does it, but I'd like to have, to have you take a minute just to talk about your background very briefly, I know that's a long, long background. <laughs> with careful, a lot of careful, careful. Yeah, yeah, I know. Hey, trust me, you and I graduated from college the same year. So yes. I know, I know. So it has been a long, long background, but uh, briefly tell the listeners, viewers uh, about you, about the company, and then we'll jump in with some questions here about, uh, about firearms. Oh, wonderful. Uh, I'm second generation. My dad started the business back in 1975, so I was underage working. Yes, those of us in the commercial heat treat, a lot of us have grown up in businesses where we were the underaged employees. Uh, transition took place about 15 years ago. Uh, we started off uh, one building, roughly 3,000 square feet, to process tools and dyes. Back in the day, Cleveland was the one of the tool and dye capitals of the world. They, we had tons of tool and dye makers. Well, that business has evolved away. Uh, since 1975, we've grown the business to, we now have uh, nine facilities on our campus, roughly 80,000 square feet. And uh, those of us who, those of you who know Kowalski Heatree, uh, we specialize in those PIA jobs. It's, it's what we do. If it's a problem, pretty chance, pretty sure that it's gonna be coming to our facility. Uh, started in salt bath. Uh, over the years, we added uh, high pressure quench vacuum processing, plasma nitriding, plasma nitrocarburizing, uh, deep cryogenics. Uh, one of our divisions specializes in nothing but keeping parts flat, round and flat. Uh, 
can go to our website at khtv.com and check out the various divisions and what we do. But basically in our world today, we rack or assemble 95 to 97% of everything that comes through the store. Yeah. Especially handled. So you, your PIA, the pain in the ass ones is what you're talking about. The, the jobs. Do you guys have, you have, uh, therefore I assume like metallurgists and things of that sort on staff as well. I we, have, we have 48 people. We have eight engineers on staff. Eight engineers. There you go. Okay. Anything right. from chemical to mechanical to electrical. Uh, we do not have a metallurgist on staff. That's okay. We have access yeah. to great metallurgists in the area. A lot Cleveland of has them. Oh yeah. my gosh. We, we are, we are, we actually are blessed here in Cleveland. If you need something, one phone call, we can find yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Perfect. It's yeah, Pittsburgh, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, just north of Pittsburgh. Correct. Yeah. Don't don't and, hold that against me. No, no, it's okay. You've done remarkably well. <laughs> <laughs> all, all things considered, there you oh. go. I appreciate that. That's very you. gracious of you, Steve. Oh, my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's good. You're you're right. I mean, uh, uh, Cleveland, I think, especially Ohio in general, but Cleveland in general, kind of like the forging center of the world. Uh, you know, that's just there's a lot that goes on there, and but heat treat. In between Detroit uh, and Cleveland, really, you know, kind of heat treat central. Exactly. Agree. A lot of stuff going on there. So, all right, good. Well, listen, that's great. Uh, you've obviously been very successful. You're good at what you do. I know it's still a family business. You've got you and your sister, at least, right, involved. Yes, correct. Two sisters involved, one back office, and uh, Peggy Andrews yep. is inside sales customer service. I think you've met, you've met Peggy. Right, we've met Peggy. We know Peggy. Peggy yes. is wonderful. Yeah. And we, for all of you, I'm the quiet one in comparison. <laughs> I, 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 I believe that now. Actually, yes. Having met Peggy, I think she's she's great. She's great. And also, you've been a little bit humble because you were the president of the Heat Treat Society here not too long ago, were you not? Yes, very correct. Yeah, and, which is quite an honor. And before me was Roger Jones, and after me was Jimmy Oaks. So okay, we, there you go. Yeah, yeah. very good. Very good. All right. Well, listen, let's talk firearms for a second. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of interesting because it there's a uh, when you talk firearms, it's always a little bit controversial. Obviously, there's a political side to this conversation. We don't really want to go down that road too much because we're just going to talk about heat treatment. But I do want to ask you, which could be, you know, slightly bumping up against the political side. Have you seen recently or in the near, you know, in the recent past, any increase in that business that that Kowalski is doing as far as firearms go? Well, our bit, our firearms business. Uh, I know that I, we'll be talking about the who, what, where, when, why of firearms, and how processing is incredibly important. Uh, we deal, we work with DOD, Department of Defense, on uh, very unique programs. We work across the spectrum in the firearms from long gun to handguns. And there's, there seems to be a, a huge misconception in the world on firearms. Uh, ATF controls that world from a registration standpoint. Every firearm has a serial number, certain components of it. So it, it must, it is tracked. And our systems have evolved over the years. We've developed specific systems that are very sophisticated to be able to track the product that we process. The key components that require a serialization or a serial number, 
we track them and we do hundreds of thousands of units a year and they're all tracked so that you and I can go across the, the, the political side. Uh, we're really very, very proud of the fine work that my team does in the firearms industry. Most of our first responders, law enforcement, defense, they require, they depend on what we do. It, I can make it very dramatic, but in reality, if we don't do our jobs correctly, they can't do their jobs correctly. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's somewhat of a life and death thing, too. I mean, if you got malfunction because of a defective heat treat or for any reason. For any reason. You don't ruin your whole day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've seen our business has definitely grown in the last seven years. We've built a, a, a very good reputation in this industry. If you have a problem, chances are we're going to be working with you to help you solve your yeah. problem. Firearms are in, they are extremely highly engineered. Yeah. With yeah, very really close tolerances. Yeah. So, so you're, you're saying that you're, it's kind of interesting here because you're talking about serialization of parts and things of that sort that come in. You don't, you're not, you're not getting fully assembled guns. You're getting no, parts no, and we, pieces. pieces. So, and you're able to, so you're able to track. Now, I'm curious, is that tracking, is that a, barcode is it i mean uh, optical is, how how you how do you do the it the answer is yes to all of the above <laughs> yeah. and it depends on the customer uh yeah. you have a serialization you have a serial number or you have a code in some cases some of our customers are moving toward qr codes yes uh so if you receive in ten thousand units whatever they may be well that's zero to ten thousand and you need to ship zero to ten thousand back Right. And right. if you do not, ATF is notified. It is. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, types of furnaces. Are you guys running batch furnaces or are you running continuous furnaces? We do batch. So it's batch, all batch. Okay. Yep. And the majority of what we process for the gun world, for the firearms yep. world, would be either, well, it's actually salt to salt, uh, rack, cross yep. tempering or mark punching, uh, vacuum. And actually plasma processing, whether it's FNC or nitrating. So those three areas were involved with the gun world. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I was curious because I know you you hear about a lot, especially it's different market, but in the faster world, you hear fallout. You know, if you're going through a mesh belt furnace, you know, oh well, you lost a few fasteners down on the bottom of the furnace. No, that no. would not work if you no, were... no, no, no. <laughs> oh, no. gotcha. No. Gotcha. Uh, we can, yeah. we can, I can make light or we joke a little bit about it. Yeah. You do not want folks with three letters on the back of their coat coming in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you, we'd be, if that happened, probably the next interview we do with you, you'd be wearing an orange suit and you'd have a real, you know, and maybe orange a, is not a my roommate. Color. Yeah, and it's, I, I just don't look good in orange. You don't I look just, good in orange. Well, we'll no, keep you with that. Go down that. All enough. right. So now as far as, as far as uh, the, the uh, firearms industry, I mean, there's a lot of different metals and materials of that sort, but there are two basic things. I mean, I always talk about it. We talked about this a little bit before we hit the record button here. There's ammunition and then there's gun components. Correct. You we guys are, do not do ammo, correct? Correct. We are. That is not a world we're in. Uh, okay. We are in the gun side, all of the components for a gun. Uh, and on any given firearm, you may have, in our particular case, we may be processing 12 to 15 different components for a handgun. Yeah. Anything from a barrel 
to a slide, to a receiver, to a firing pin, ejectors, extractors, triggers, trigger guards, the list, it just, yeah, yeah. Those, uh, it tends to be a different material. Yep. There's different properties that have been developed that they need a firing pin versus a trigger guard versus a right. slide. Right, right. So but just a quick example, if you don't mind. I mean, it's important for the heat treater to know what they're doing, obviously, right? Why Why is that? I mean, can you give us an example of why it is when, a, you know? Uh, we'll use a, a barrel as yeah. a good example. Well, true. If a barrel is not true, straight, yep. no distortion. Yep. Uh, we've all seen the various TV shows where the person swings the gun around and the, and the bullet shoots around the corner. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, doesn't happen. Yeah. So if the barrel isn't true, hasn't been processed appropriately correctly, yeah. it's not going to function the way it was designed. Yeah. Uh, a firing pin, which is a very distortion, it's a distortion sensitive component. Component. Yeah. If it's bent, it doesn't work. The, the, yeah. the gun will not fire. Right. And you could go on uh, slides and receivers that right. are distorted. They're not going to work. It's not going to function. Right. So each component must be processed to achieve dimensional tolerance control, right. and then metallurgically, the structure. Right. Uh, it a, a gun has a very aggressive action. It's just yeah, it, many it, explosions basically. Literally, and yeah. so that, that's been designed to support all of that. Right. 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 The. Uh... Yeah, there, I mean the, the different components that I think about. I mean your 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 firing pin that you were mentioning, right? It's gonna it's gonna it's it's gonna have a lot of of impact, uh, impact right? Correct. A lot of Im impact on the sh on the shell casings uh, on the on the so firing pin. In that particular case, and we're not giving away. I mean, I'm not going to give any IP away, but yeah. those are off tempered for structure. Yeah. Dana, I mean, yeah. For the uh, full disclosure, Doug and I, Doug, are you a metallurgist? No, I am not actually. Okay. Nor am I. I'm a marketing guy, folks, with experience. Same here. Same here. Yeah. Uh, but the design, if that pin chips, yeah. cracks, breaks, doesn't function. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Exactly. So you've got high impact. You've got the high impact parts like the like the firing pin. You've got you've got barrels where you've got to, you know, you want good wear resistance and things of that sort. Obviously, they need to be true and straight. You've got you've got springs in a lot of guns, right? I mean, right. especially your Ruger style that are have, yep. where the receiver's back. Those things have got to be heat treated appropriately. What type, Steve, what type of alloys typically are we talking about in some of these different gift different uh well, they range they range from high carbon materials, yeah. 1050, 1060, 1070, up to high, high temp stainlesses, yeah. uh, whether it's a 400 series, whether it's a precipitation hardening series, uh, mid to high alloy materials, 4340, 4150. Uh, and then as, as we get into the the, the engineering world is continually trying to make a better product, a longer yep. lasting product, a more robust product. So we're starting to see materials that historically weren't used in this area. Okay. Just it's plus uh, things that we don't deal with. There's many components that are carburized using 8620, 9310, yep. carburized and hardened for the same purpose, wear and uh, performance. 
have you seen have you seen any because you're actually being a Cleveland area you're kind of in another hub and that's with a lot of this 3d printing additive manufacturing I mean, there's a lot that goes on there I think there's a organization in Youngstown or in that area that's kind of a, a central hub there are you guys seeing any of that whether it be in uh, uh, firearms or not have you had any experience with any of the am the answer is yes uh-huh. And okay. how's that? How how do I do? Yeah. Is it yeah. Yeah. How much? How much? And how much do you want to talk about that? <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good enough. AM AM is absolutely taking place. Yeah, uh, there are some inc- there. It's incredible the technology. Yeah. What you can do today that you couldn't do, yeah, two three years ago, right? And then you have to effectively engineer backward forward if that yeah. Yep, yep. Make it yep. and then make it right. And then yep. produce it, thermally process it, maybe. Right. Maybe. So it's just, it's one of those. Yeah. 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 Now it's an interesting and evolving, uh, evolving technology. So I'm curious about it. All right. So, so uh, as a heat treater of gun components, what, yes. not that you want to, you know, help any competitors or anything of that sort. No, we love well, all of our competitors who are not working against us. How's that? Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> what, what is as as a heat treater? What are the things that jump into your mind? There are things you have to be careful about when heating heat treating gun components. And if it helps, pick a specific component, whether it be a a pin, a barrel, whatever. I mean, what what do we need to be careful of? Uh, I'm looking up over your head, which is yes. beautiful, by the way. At the sky here in Cleveland, Ohio. Thank you. Yes, right above. Uh, (laughs) The way I'm going to answer this is you are dealing with a component that if we take guns out of it and say medical devices. So we'll use medical devices in lieu of saying guns so that people can appreciate where I'm going with this. You have bad players out there. People who are trying to circumvent the system. Uh, With medical devices, you need to have approvals. You need to have FDA, right? So it's it's very similar in the gun world. You need approvals. You need to make sure that they're making components that comply with, whether it's the OEM's specification or ATF specifications being serialization, making sure things are marked appropriately. Uh, internally here, we have uh, secure quarantined areas where we do all of this work. and. You have your your personnel. I have to be approved to be able to process these parts. My background has to be checked. So I literally have to be this company, my company, approves those people who can touch these components. So they're internally, we have secured bonded areas. And parts are bonded in and they're bonded out there. Use the terminology you'd like, anybody that doesn't. But basically, you're securing from our floor to when they leave. Uh, and it's it's because it is that important. It's If we're dealing with the aerospace world or nuclear world, you are going to make sure your systems and processes and procedures are all locked yeah. down. Yeah. So so that's a, that's a procedural, say, an operational uh, uniqueness, let's say, to handling guns. So how about technically, like in the aerospace industry, you've got NADCAP, 
uh, in automotive, you've got, you know, either in, in the aerospace, still AMS also we're for pyrometry, CQI yes. nine, things of that sort, medical industry, which you mentioned, Steve, it's got Metacred, things of that sort. Okay. Any such beast in the firearms? I, I haven't heard that there is, but there's I mean, there's not, no... uh, basically, we have overlap between our, our guns, uh, the gun industry as a whole, mm-hmm. and the DOD work that we do. Right. So we go back and forth. Gotcha. What you mentioned here, most of those requirements and procedures are already in place. It makes it easier if you're doing CQI nine relevant work. Yeah, you're you're not going to start and stop. So the equipment is already uh, covered in those areas. Procedures you build them so that you're not building 14 different procedural systems. Yeah, difficult to control. Yeah, yeah, right. So you've already kind of answered this, but let me just ask it straightforward, just in case there's something else. And if you if, if there's nothing else, that's fine. Any particular for the people in your company and for people for you guys, generally speaking, is there any specific training or knowledge or experience that you have to have to be heat treating gun components? Yes. Um, and those are one experience is an incredible teacher. And, and oftentimes for, for Kowalski heat, treat, I can't speak for other other uh for competitors because it just i'll speak for us normally if a product hits our floor hits our dock hits my inbox historically somebody has had a problem with processing that component whether it's distortion whether it is metallurgically the properties they're achieving whether it's actually out in the field uh you're you're a good uh, you're, you're my favorite you're my you're my my test you're going to call and say, hey, Steve, I got this thing. And I'm not happy with its performance, and I need to improve its performance. What can we do? And you start the entire investigatory process of what have you done? What did you achieve? Did you actually test? Or are you just feeling that what you're telling me is you'd like to have something better, but you don't know why? Uh, So we have a design team here that will work very closely with your folks to help design a better process, a more robust process. If, if we're talking to the, the general industry as we are right now, I think we can all agree that the quality and consistency of the materials that we are receiving in today are dramatically different than they were five years ago, eight years ago, 10 years ago. Uh, supply chain, worse. And worse being not as consistent as they were. Yes, we all have that grade A, and four of us will process grade A today. We will get results B. Next week, you're going to get B minus, B plus, possibly an A, maybe a C. And and we're joking internally. The first thing most heat treaters do, because quite frankly, we're paranoid. The entire world's out to get us, and it's always the heat treater's fault. It's always our fault. It just it is so. First thing we do when we enter a relationship is we say, Doug, hi, I'm Steve. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yes. get that out of the way. Start out right up front. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then we move forward from there. But that has been a, a, a serious challenge on the consistency of the materials coming to yeah. us. So you guys test all incoming material? All in, yes. And don't use the word all. 
Yeah, right, right, right. No, I understand. I understand. But yes, we have yeah. in, in inspection and we, we, we work closely with our customers. Yeah. As you get your material in, send it to us. Yeah. Before you start making a product, send us yeah. that we will process, validate for you so that you know that what you've got will right. respond the way you thought it's supposed to respond. Yeah. yeah. And then we can move forward being more efficient with that. We'll get back to Steve and Doug in just one minute. But first, a word from our sponsor, Furnaces North America 2022. Pack your bags. We're headed to Indianapolis. This October 3rd through 5th, gather at the Indiana Convention Center to learn about new equipment, emerging technologies, and changing trends that are hitting the heat treat industry. The Furnaces North America trade show is back in person, and you don't want to miss out on this rich networking opportunity. The expo begins on Tuesday, October 4th from 11.15 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. and ends the, the next day on Wednesday the 5th from 10.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. In the morning of each of these two days, join one of the 35 technical sessions. The categories of these sessions range from quench and FNC to equipment and productivity to so much more. If you don't want to stay long, you can walk the show floor and attend the floor reception for free. You can do this plus the opening night welcome reception for $85 per person. And the price for all this plus the 35 technical sessions is just under $300. And if your main objective is networking, consider staying at the Marriott Hotel downtown Indianapolis, where many FNA attendees have already snapped up their rooms. Again, go to furnacesnorthamerica.com for more information and to register for this thrilling heat treat industry event. Now back to the episode. Right, right. Yeah, good, good, good. So uh, you've hit on this before too, but I just want to see if there's anything else, any other comments you want to make on this. And that is the, the type of equipment that's necessary for doing the heat treating uh, yeah. of these gun components. I know you mentioned salt. So you're, yeah. you're doing salt bath, right? Yeah, we, uh, um, salt to salt. So it's salt, neutral hardening, salt hardening, uh, and then mark quenching or austempering, depending on, on the component. Uh, it's critical. Uh, there's there's a there's a significant number of parts that respond extremely well to rack off tempering, rack mark quenching, extremely well. So those and we probably say that our team here they're they're spectacular. I get to talk about it, which is really pretty cool. Hey, I got these great people that do this great work, and they do, uh, and it's so that. My job is their job is make me look good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As you know, with your support staff, yes, yes, don't even say it. I know it's a full time job. It's never done. But, but, but <laughs> took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah. So, salt is critical in, yeah. this, in this industry. Uh, vacuum processing. Why uh, did you go vacuum, by the way? Because that I remember material, material production. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And it's with, with stainlesses and the various materials that they're currently using. Having high pressure quench vacuums, high pressure quench, you can, uh, it allows for a significant amount of flexibility. We can fine tune a recipe or a cycle to achieve properties that the customer needs where it just, it makes it uh, repeatable. Yeah, yeah. And you're, you've got what, uh, uh, how high pressure, what bar? 10, are we, to, we have 10 bar quench? 
Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. So you've got, so you've got salt to salt, you've got high pressure gas crunching and coming off of a vacuum heat treat. Anything, anything else? And then we do plasma nitride and plasma. That's right. You uh, mentioned plasma nitride. Uh, And same thing there. uh, Folks are, we can, we, I will say that we have the technology that we have, that we have utilized to optimize processing is is ours the best for everything? Absolutely not. No question about it. And when it's not, we're going to say, you know, hey, Billy, yes, Steve, I need you to call Doug. And I need you to tell Doug that Steve said to call him and ask the following three questions. And Doug's got the answer for you. And your equipment for his application is better than mine. It works better. So I think anyone in the heat treat world can recall the scars on our backs from the days that we thought that we could give you exactly what you need because we're going to try and it doesn't it's not the best answer do you do you do much heat treating of uh gun components in straight atmosphere or air furnaces oh we joke we don't have them you don't, don't have them at all okay we don't do in induction oil. you do induction no induction not yet nope uh, so we have no oil quenching here whatsoever we, gotcha. we do the joke that we're here in cleveland in the residential area and okay. we are a zero quantity generator of hazardous waste. Nice, nice, very nice. I'm We're sure great. your neighbors appreciate that. Oh, they they absolutely do. <laughs> if they know, I don't think. Oh, they do. Do they? So, <laughs> yeah. so, so we know what we're really good at, and that's our world. Yeah, yeah. A couple more questions for you on this. So, is there anything? Anything else? I mean, we talked about the uniqueness of heat treating uh, gun components because of the traceability and the serial num- serialization and all that stuff. Anything else technically unique about the heat treatment of any of these gun parts that kind of make them interesting or more of a challenge? Yes, it is. It is not an industry. Let me let me always. Uh, have you met my wife? Yeah, I don't believe I, that I have. There's a comment she tells me all the time. Everything that goes through my mind doesn't have to come out my mouth. Okay. Yeah, that's very. And I've met your wife, and she's told me the same thing. Yes, she's incredibly wise, way smarter than I am. In in the key treating of of gun components, one of one of the uh, area that would be critical is it is a it's not a bulk processing world. Not about running more and more and more parts at one time. You will not get optimum results. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a sensitive process. <laughs> yeah, 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 we're heat yeah. and we're very sensitive to what we do. Um, but distortion is critical. The, the, the way the parts have been designed, you cannot uh, effectively, in my humble opinion, put them into a 24, 36, 36, 48 basket and max load it you will not get optimum results. It's just not going to happen. So there's a tremendous amount of racking. Uh, that, 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 that actually was my question. What uh, time, not that you would know this number right off the top of your head or anything, but the percentage of time you spend racking, I assume is higher with... No, it's two to one, three to one, four to one, five to one. Yes. Uh, and if, if those of... The, of your listeners who understand salt processing, 
we can wrap for two days and process for an hour, two hours. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's yes. just say it's manually intensive then. Right? <laughs> it's, yeah. We have an incredible team of, of, of individuals here who they do things that, that, that if you watch, you just like, it's in some cases truly awe-inspiring because they learn, they create for us success. They, they help us learn new ways of processing it's not, hey, you're going to do it the way Steve said, like critical process control, but they provide us the answers on making things better. Yeah, yeah. Very, very good. Well, that that's great. I I, I do. I've got two other quickie questions here for you. But I sure think we you do. Already, yeah. Sure you do. <laughs> we may but, have already, we may have already covered them. One was just if there's any, any common mistakes that are that, I know you guys don't make mistakes, but no, any, no. Any, treaters. Teachers right. in general, we do not make mistakes. That's correct. But is there any mis any common mistakes with the heat treatment of gun components? Because if you guys really are the, as you say, the people who are taking care of the PIAs, it's usually coming from people who have made a mistake. Yes. Um, this, it's when to say no. Heat treaters, I, I, we've talked, you and I have talked and we've talked to our peers, brilliant people. And we, we tend to all lament this, usually the same thing. Something comes in and it's not quite, quite right or correct. And we don't say, stop, Doug, you did not make this correctly. We can't do what you want us to do because of what you provided to us. Or next step would be folks who assume. Yeah. Which we know that's out, what that's all about. Yeah, it tends to, yeah, mm, not good. But the rest of it is process control. It's, it's a, once you develop, you lock the process. And when you do that, the only real big issue we run into anymore is consistency of material coming in. That yep. is yeah, that the incoming. You've mentioned the incoming material specs being an issue, you know, the consistency of the material coming in. I have heard that a lot of times the inconsistency that material is coming in from overseas. Let's just let's just put it that way, oh, and not oh, not necessarily Europe. Okay. Right. Well, how, <laughs> to, you, you covered pretty much over, far overseas. Far overseas. Let's just say far to the yeah. east overseas. There we go. Okay. Okay. So I guess my question is: uh, Have are is that is that still the source of it, or are you seeing less issues with that? Because of, because, because of what we run and because of the customers that we work with, historically, that hasn't been a big problem. Um, not in this market. Uh, not in this market. The, although you, there's high volume, it's not a tremendous amount of weight. Uh, just because of the handle. It, it's more of... Uh, the chemistries with, with uh, supply chain, supply chain. It, we all, we're hearing it. Part of it is frustrating that stop saying supply chain when the guy just didn't show up and do his job. Uh, but we have, as heat treaters, we will say we have to be very diligent in contract review. Uh, there's Mentoring of, of our younger employees, our customers mentoring their younger employees who don't have the knowledge base yet to understand 
what they're actually working with. And, and it's not a disparaging comment. You learn, you learn from making mistakes. You absolutely learn. And that's experience. So we've, we've, we've seen a, we've seen a, a talent drain in the last two, three years. And that, that is exasperating the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. So, uh, you're right now you're pull you're doing heat treatment to gun components uh and you obviously I'm not going to ask you company names because that wouldn't be the right thing to do it would be fun to do but it wouldn't be, <laughs> the, right thing to, wouldn't be the right thing to do but are you are you pulling in business let's say from pretty much uh nationwide or are yes. you okay yeah uh, we, we 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 don't we don't get a significant business from overseas yeah the transportation challenges yeah, right, right, right. Unless it's, it's part of a continuous supply chain where it's being uh, manufactured, let's just say, in England. And yeah. then England's going to ship it to the states to do X, Y, and Z. And it ends up being yeah. assembled in some state in this country. Right. But as far as country-wise, continent-wise, yeah, we're all over the country. Do you think the normal guy, like myself, I'm going to classify myself as a normal guy in this uh, case. I, and I okay. know you know better. So I will just, uh, your just honor, work with me. Treat him as a hostile witness. <laughs> work with me on this one. Okay. So would the normal person be surprised at the number of gun component manufacturers in this yes. country? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, because when I think of gun comp- when I think of gun manufacturers, I'm thinking, okay, there are maybe, you know, a half dozen to a dozen at most. Try a different number. Try a different number. <laughs> Try a different number. Maybe add or multiply that. Yeah. See, I you, don't know. You would. Um, we've been very fortunate that we've yeah. attended and been at the Shot Show. What? It, what was it? It's called the Shot Show. S O T. It's held. It's been held in Las Vegas for the last number of years, and you get a better perspective attending that now it's you you have to be approved to attend it and those who have understand where i'm going with this uh, there is the number of manufacturers in this country and we're not talking about folks who who i'm a i'm a family business we are a family business we have 45 to 48 people but we're a small business i'm talking about companies that have hundreds of employees that you've never heard of that make components and guns and support that industry. It's a significant industry. And by and large, uh, without getting into the politics of this, some of the nicest people we have ever met, truly just generous. And I'm talking about even purchasing agents. Yep. For those of you who are who have dealt with purchasing <laughs> agents in industries that we will not discuss that have four wheels and an engine. Right, right, um, right. Yeah, it, it, they're basically decent people who it, it, it's it's fascinating that, that's all I'm gonna say. it's fascinating kind of kind of rocks your world when a purchasing agent is a real person or a person ah, yeah yes. it's like oh really they have a heart that's good no good for you well listen steve congratulations uh it sounds like you guys are doing great great work there i know that you guys do more than guns right oh, yeah. care yes. to share just briefly what what else you do we, those who know the company, it's the, when we say PIA stuff, if it's a problem, it's coming to us. Uh, distortion sensitive. We have a significant market in power transmission, clutch plates, 
break discs, big round flat things from visually from three inch in diameter to 50 inches in diameter. That's our work. Uh, we, we deal in, in all of the, you, you name the market, power transmission, auto, air. We don't do much in the aerospace industry. It's just not something that my people and I want to deal. Uh, other than that area, medical, nuclear, Department of Defense, uh, we, do, we do a significant amount of research and development where folks like you, hey, I have an idea. Can you help us? And, and we assist them on the metallurgical heat treat side on developing processes uh, and outdoor power equipment. Um, just basically, if you don't have a problem, I've got 10 guys for you who are incredible at what they do. We we just like having problems. And for those who, I mean, I'm not, I'm telling you how, how, we, how we work. If I can solve your problem, if our team can solve your problem, are you going anywhere else? Yeah, no, that's right. Exactly right. Nope, not going to do it. And we like and try to have fun doing it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Get the work done. Enjoy it if you can. So Absolutely. that's good. Steve, listen, great. Really appreciate it. Appreciate you being here. Appreciate you talking to us a little bit about uh, guns and guns and ammo. I guess mostly gun parts. And, and gun again, parts. congratulations. Sounds like a, sounds like guys are doing well and we appreciate your insights. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Thanks, Doug. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode with Steve Kowalski. Heat Treat Radio is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and the website www.heatreattoday.com forward slash radio. If you'd like to get in contact with Steve, head over to www.khtheat.com or reach out to me and I can put you in touch. My email is bethany at heatreattoday.com. Also, we love input from our listeners. Email me at bethany at heatreattoday.com to share your new or interesting idea for the podcast. And if you're listening and would like to sponsor a future episode, let me know at the same email address. Which reminds me, we'd love to meet you either at Furnaces North America or at Heat Treat Today's fall event, the Heat Treat Bootcamp. At the show, a lot of our team will be at the booth with triple-dipped malted milk balls, and those in-person conversations are always great to get a better sense of the helpful products Heat Treat Today is releasing. But if we don't see you at the show, please join us in Pittsburgh on October 31st through November 2nd for Heat Treat Bootcamp, the basic training for heat treaters. Thomas Wingens and Doug Glenn will be there, but so will myself and other members of the team. So come by and say hi while you're there to attend the training. For each of these reasons, we're looking forward to seeing you this fall. Heat Treat Radio would like to thank Furnaces North America 2022 for sponsoring this episode. Learn more about this Heat Treat trade show at www.furnacesnorthamerica.com. This and every other episode of Heat Treat Radio is the sole property of Heat Treat Today and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without advance written permission from Heat Treat Today. And I'm Bethany Leone. Thank you for listening.